Joining me to talk about all of this is the governor of Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Eric. Great to be on with you. Thanks very much for being here. Uh, now, is I want to talk to you about the op-ed you had in the AJC about education. But before we get to that, you and I have now had a couple of conversations about uh, potential economic slowdown. We're starting to see worries in the market, and you're going on and trying to tell your agencies that they need to make sure they got their fiscal houses in order before something comes on. If you could talk to the listeners about that. Well, I want to make sure and and let Georgians know that our economy remains strong and vibrant. Our revenues, you know, last year were good. We're holding our own this year. But we have some big priorities that the legislature has had in the past and things that I campaigned on that I want to fulfill in the future. And I've just always believed as a fiscal conservative that we need to budget conservatively while good times are here and not wait till something drastic happens to be able to forward our priorities for today and also our vision for tomorrow. And that's what we're doing with the budget directives that we've given for a 4% um, reduction in the amended budget and 6% in the big budget. You know, I've been through this as Secretary of State having to make almost a 20% reduction in our, you know, agency budget over there. We had to figure out how to do more with less. I I campaigned on that. That's what government needs to do. It's what conservatives believe in. And I believe it makes for a better, more efficient government. So we've charged the agencies to do that. And I believe that if we do that, we'll be able to continue to do things like we did last year with the teacher pay raise. The legislature, as you know, uh, under Governor Deal's leadership, cut the state income tax and got us set up to do that again the first week of session next year. Uh, So that's a pretty good budget hit there. We've got to be able to afford to pay for that and also continue to keep our strong rainy day fund that we have, our reserves, and and maintain our AAA bond rating. And I just think it's a good time to start that work. Now, you mentioned the the tax cut. There's been a lot of talk about that, and I I presume the legislature is going to go forward with lowering the top rate from 5.75 to 5.5%. Are you taking a position on that? Well, certainly my prerogative is to prepare us to be able to afford for that tax cut. I think it continues to help the business environment in Georgia um, by lowering the rate. You know, that's that's what the legislature supported a couple of years ago, and I, I don't see that their uh, position on that has changed, um, and, and I want to be supportive of that as well. I did uh, when I was campaigning, and as you know, I've been fulfilling my campaign promises. Right, and one of the campaign promises is teacher pay raises, and I, I, I've seen some worry in, in the media, uh, from the media sector, about you, you cut you cut taxes and it takes 500 million or so potentially out of the budget and where are we going to get teacher pay raises but thus far you guys have been able to deliver on teacher pay raises and my understanding is you want to keep delivering on helping teachers and education reform well i think the good thing about the pay raises is i promised a five thousand dollar across the board teacher pay raise to really help with the big systemic problem that we have in in rural urban and suburban districts and that's that 44 percent of our teachers are leaving the field within the first five years of, of practicing that great profession. And that's a problem for everybody. Um, we've got to address it. There's several ways that we address it. One of it, one of them is with pay. So we've already taken a chunk of that and got it built into the base of the budget. 
um, we still have two thousand more dollars to go, uh, and we're committed to doing that. So we we can be very surgical about how we do that in the future to continue the to maintain our revenues budget conservatively and fund other priorities that we have in state government, uh, like raising taxes. So you know I believe that we can do both, but to do that, you know we need our agencies to be running efficient as possible. Um, you know in case our revenues start to you know, I don't know that we're going to have any kind of recession. There's a lot of people talking about that. That's, you know, I think we can weather our way through that. We're in a great position to do that. There's a lot of things on the world stage that we can't control. Uh, but I do think we got to be prepared where if things slow down, we can still fund our priorities, even though our revenue may not be it is positive, but it may not be as strong as it was, you know, two or three years ago. And that's what we're preparing for. And you know, I think most Georgians agree with those priorities, and a lot of the naysayers that's coming out of some of the Atlanta media that say <laughs> we're going to be cutting education, you know, our priority is still to fund the formula for education at 100%. We did that for the second year in a row this year. Um, it's never been done before, and it's our priority to do that again. But to be able to afford to do that, we've got to have a very efficient, nimble state government. Well, you, on that and on education, I noticed that a lot of the media focused on in your op-ed last week, uh, Common Core reform, that this is somehow just a conservative bogeyman and, and not real. But when you talk to teachers and parents around the state, uh, there really is a sense in public schools and in a lot of private schools that, that follow the standards that the state set out based on Common Core that essentially they go from one test to the next and everything is centered around testing as opposed to giving teachers creative flexibility. And I, I, I can count on, on two hands and, and need several toes the to get to the number of teachers I know who dropped out because they felt like they weren't really teaching. They were just proctoring tests. Well, look, the teachers that I've talked to, or at least a lot of them, have been fr- very frustrated. The parents are beyond frustrated. And, you know, in my conversations with parents, with teachers, with school administrators, school board members, the thing that people worry about in education circles is us just completely jerking the rug out from under people, not getting their input, not being prepared and being methodical as we go about, you know, looking and changing standards you know, tackling the issue of Common Core, uh, looking at the number of tests that we have. And I think what we've done a really good job of is built confidence in the education community that we're not just throwing a, you know, a hand grenade in a room and going to blow everything up. We're going to methodically go through this. There's going to be great groups that are looking at this and working in conjunction all together under the same timeline. Um, The superintendent's a teacher's group, and then a citizen's group. And I just believe that if we collaborate and people have the right attitude about how we approach this, we can come up with some good solutions to these type things that will pass the muster, that will reduce the burdens and the bureaucracy on our teachers and let them simply teach our children. They, they know what they're dealing with, Eric, in the local community better than some bureaucrat does in state or federal government. And we've got to get back to trusting them to do that and as governor i certainly do i mean we've got to have standards and we have to measure 
But we have so many things we're measuring now, we never can stop to teach for the measurements we're doing. <laughs> I'll give you a complete amen on that one. It just genuinely, I hear that from so many, including some family members who finally just got fed up and felt like they were turning into many bureaucrats instead of teachers in schools. Along that way, we're, we're continuing to see success in the state with charter schools, and there are continuing to be calls for more school choice innovation in the state. Uh, where's your administration at right now on, on thinking about moving forward on those fronts? Well, we've certainly been, uh, you know, campaigned on school choice. I believe we've got to trust our parents with the future of their children and what's the best platform or environment for them to be in. I think that's healthy for our systems. I mean, a lot of the public school uh, educators and, and, you know, others have been real concerned about that. But I think we've shown our commitment to to our public school system. Um, there's many great school districts across state that are doing some great work. You have others that are having a you know, that struggle, but they have reasons for those struggles, and we have to identify and work with those communities and be supportive and, you know, offer our help to those, but also hold folks accountable. But, you know, charters have been very successful. Uh, a lot of systems are, are doing that, and there's a lot of other school choice initiatives that I'm supportive of that I believe will work in certain circumstances, especially where you have failing schools uh, in areas where parents don't have another alternative. And you know, those are things that we're open to looking at, but you got to have legislative support to do that. And I, I think it's up to the, you know, to the parents and the folks that are supportive of that and those different communities to let their legislators know that they, they support those, you know, type efforts to get the get their children the best education that they can in the environment they're, that they're in. Let me shift gears here before we run out of time. Uh, you signed an executive order requiring state workers to undergo new training uh, to prevent ransomware attacks. It just seems surreal to me that in the 21st century, it, it's just one more thing a governor, a, a legislator, an administrative agency head has to worry about is ransomware attacks on government computers by hostile people, by, by scammers. And yet here we are, and, and George is not alone in this, a lot of states have seen this sort of stuff happen no look it's happening in the private sector every day it's happening in government every day and i certainly have dealt with my share of those type issues and and have really done a lot of great things from it technology and security perspectives when i was secretary of state uh, with our system so i know you know i have those experiences we did mandatory training in the secretary of state's office with our em employees i did it myself uh, you can never be satisfied with what's going on. That is a moving target. You cannot rely on one person or one agency to 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 handle that for all of state government. We've got to be ever vigilant. It starts with simple things like, you know, training to the employees that, you know, if you don't know where an email is coming from and you don't know what that link is, just do not click on it. Uh, do not leave your password and your, you know, your username and your password you know, on your laptop or on your, you know, a sticky note on your desk next to your computer. I mean, just simple things like that that help with, you know, common sense. You mean you know, like, like making your password be the word password? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and some of this is very simple and some of it's very complicated. Uh, the training is a big, big part for our people because a lot of these hacks and things that happen, they happen because of human error. Uh, that's in the private sector and in government. So we got to do all that we can to protect from that. But we're also engaging, uh, you know, this this group that existed before the security panel 
Uh, we added the folks at the Cyber Center in Augusta, who are some of the best minds in the world dealing with cybersecurity, to look at our best practices, to look at what we're doing in state government, to look at our existing security plans, and to see what we need to do in the future. And I, I think it's prudent to do this. Um, you know, we've seen way too many of these things, and we're taking the lead on making sure we're being proactive. Well, Governor, look, I won't take any more of your time. I appreciate you stopping by. I really do. And, and good luck with everything you're trying to do. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day, Eric. Thanks, you too. Governor Brian Kemp, Governor of Georgia, big education reforms still coming, more teacher pay raises, and getting the state in order just in case there is an economic slowdown. And then this unusual executive order uh, signed this week to require training on cybersecurity. Not a bad thing. If you'll recall, the city of Atlanta and a couple of smaller communities in Georgia have run into ransomware attacks where, in fact, in, in one, I forget what community it was in Georgia, they couldn't get into their court clerk servers because of a ransomware attack. So requiring some basic training, not a bad thing.